0: Hey, family. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We work incredibly hard to identify guests who will help you move forward on your healing journey. So if you are blessed by today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment to subscribe and leave a five star review. This will help us to reach more people and get this important message of healing out to the world. Thank you in advance for your support and enjoy today's episode. Hey, family, it's your sister here, Jocelyn, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we are a faith community that's committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and develop a sense of community. And we do so through a number of different ways by offering trauma healing groups and also Christian counseling. And we offer this broadcast to you every week to accompany you on your healing journey as well. And today we're gonna be talking about the topic of being intentional about your healing. And I can think of no one better than my sister Christy Goodwin to talk about this subject with me. She actually has me using the word intentional constantly in my vocabulary. So, and it's funny when I say the word sister, I mean that when I call Christy to be on the show, she immediately said yes. And I thought about this topic because it's so important in my life right now, in the lives of those we serve around being intentional and making your healing journey a reality. And she lives that every day. She is such a dynamic woman of God. She is a minister. She's the executive director of City Impact in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. She's a wellness specialist, a relationship coach of over 20 years. She's a sister who I work with in the trauma healing space. She is a trauma healing group facilitator, a licensed minister, and her bio just continues to go on and on. And so I'm, I'm going to stop there for right now, but you'll get a chance to see in just a moment why I love Christy so much. So thank you, Christy, for being on the show with us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Here. Thank you, Jasla. Yes. So, Christy, before we get into the conversation about being intentional, I would love for our viewers and listeners to learn a little bit more about you. So, let's start off by just sharing a little bit of background information about yourself. What led you to the space of, of this work that you're doing today?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so much to share. I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid. I, I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, realm denomination all my life. And so, I've always Always been exposed to or oh, let me say I've always taken note to the way things ran I always took note to who was in charge who led what was said how people lived. and even though being a PK there's a lot of ripplings behind that when people hear that but I was an introvert and so as an introvert I did a lot of head conversations uh, about many different things and so I, I grew up uh, as a teenager really before then I I've been a singer all my life. I sang since the age of five years old up until... recently, 2017. And and being a singer and being exposed to many different people and gospel greats um, has really enlightened me and really gotten me to see how much the gospel through song moves people. My father also was an evangelist, and so he did a lot of evangelistic work uh, in the cities of Chicago, the roughest parts of Chicago back in the 80s, twice a month on a Saturday for most, the majority of the day, did street, street ministry. And so I was exposed to not just the love of christ the love of god but i was exposed to how god moved in people's lives and what it really meant to transform the minds of people and really to see them cry see grown men cry and see people that their street was their life be converted over. And so I I was always amazed by the movement of God. How does that bring me to now? Oh, so many avenues, uh, so many journeys I took to become who I am now and to be the person that I am. And I think one thing as being an introvert really kind of kept me in a certain head space, but it's good because I, I do a lot of breaking down of things. I joined, became a part of uh, the seminary realm. That's where I met Jocelyn at McCormick Theological Seminary because I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions about what I've heard all my life. I had a lot of questions about the whys. I had a lot of questions about so many things. And I thought that seminary could shed some light or confirm some things in my spirit. So it was an intentional, even though it came about in a weird way, it was an intentional way to learn what I needed to learn and to confirm what needed to be confirmed and actually to grow, mature me in a different way that I was able to see things differently as I was introduced to different spaces. And even being around people I've been around for years, I was able to hear them differently. And so seminary taught me a a lot about that, and as well as meeting great people. And I did some chaplaincy work, did some chaplaincy training, and it also helped me to be this person that was able to hear and listen to people in a healthy way and not judge and not have my own ideals of what they're saying to me, but just listen, learn what that meant. Um, and so the various trainings that I've had with trauma healing, with chaplaincy, with seminary, got me to confirm that this intentionality practice that I so desire and I so live by. And that's pretty much how things kind of started. And I'll stop there because you know I can go on.
0: (laughs) No, it's good. I'm just going to build upon what you just shared. And so you said that that led you into this intentionality space. And I want you to define that more and why you believe that it's it's critically important as it relates to healing work.
1: Yeah, so because I was a girl that was victimized at the age of seven
0: up until
1: late teens and being an introvert there was a lot of things that was going on i called myself being tainted because i was molested at an early age and had various experiences with that it caused me to go into a cocoon and so as i matured in life Uh, In my 20s, it's really late 20s is really when it kind of started because a lot of things that happened to me was repressed. And so in my 20s, I began to remember certain things and it really overtook me. It overtook my life. And I was sitting and talking to a particular person and they were like, you know, you need to go to therapy, you need to go to counseling. And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I I finally did. I went to a, a therapist and I started just talking about everything that I was going through, everything I was remembering. And that therapist told me, she was like, you know, I, there's really not enough time in a day for me to connect you up with various groups that can help you. And when she said that to me, I thought, that's crazy. But I walked away from that and I I remember walking and I was praying and I asked God, I said, you're the only one that can help me. And so I need you to help me through this. God did. God did through people. God did through conversations. Actually got married, I'm now divorced, but I got married during the time of me exposing myself to those embedded hurts and pains that I went through as a girl and throughout my teenage life. And so I recognized that I needed to do something more to heal myself. And and what did that look like? And I, I had therapists in my family. Um, And so certain conversations I would have with them, they really thought it was important to be with someone that was a professional that can really help debunk and break down a lot of things that I was feeling. And so it took time, it took time for me to find a therapist that worked. I've learned that therapy is like finding a good shoe. You can't just go to one and think that that's okay. You have to really be able to find someone that's gonna be able to fit you in your total and whatever that is. And so I found, a woman, a therapist. I was intentional about it because it it was a lot of work. And so I could sit and have conversations with a professional and manipulate the whole situation. And so because I knew that about me, I'm like, I have to find somebody that's going to see through me. And when I did, oh my God, that's when the work really began. And so my intentionality came in spurts. It kind of built and themselves up. It came with the why questions, um, which was seminary. It came with learning more about myself. Uh, I am a journal. I I write in my journals, been writing in journals since I was a little girl. And so I express myself through words and through questions. And I seek people that can benefit me in a great way. And so I look for people. And what I mean by that is being intentional means that you're really being deliberate about your action. You could think that you want to do something, but how you act on that is really the impact. So, i was deliberate about therapy i was deliberate about being around people that were life-giving to me that was supportive of me so i had my support system my support squad that erica j kendrick i know that you interviewed her way back but that she talked about when she talks about mental fitness but i was able to really look at the different dimensions of myself to see what did i need work with and it's and it's hard it's not it was not easy it took years it took years i started therapy at 28 changed therapists a few times even through marriage and i could say now that at the age of 51 a lot of work has been done to get me to this point and living the life of what it means to be intentional being deliberate in your actions and really thinking it through and not just Acting willy nilly, or acting in this mode of whatever, or acting in this mode of oh, it's just if you know it is what it is. Uh, I don't I don't live that way, and that comes with everything. That comes with not just the decisions of friends, relationships, family, everything, every aspect of my life. I think about it and I look at it and I weigh and say is this something that's gonna be healthy for me? Is this something that's life-giving? Is this something that I need to do? How am I feeling? So it gives these checkpoints to myself to be able to investigate, is this something I should do or not? And so. Did I lose friends? Yes, but that was deliberate. Have I done checks with people that I'm around, relationships relationships that I'm around to help me to heal and be this strong force that I could be able to maximize my potential in different ways? Absolutely. So intentionality, really, I, I came to that by looking at my life, and looking at Those Who Have Led. It's a book by Oprah Winfrey called A Path Made Clear. And that started my whole, I will say, added to the whole motion of this intentionality practice and what that meant. And so if you've never gotten that book, I'm going to advertise for you all to get that book because it really gives you good, sound, sitting nuggets of how one needs to think about their life and what they're doing and why. And that book helped me to start this journey to uh, intentional living and practices.
0: That's great, Christy. I love hearing about the evolution and the fact that you were honest about how it took time and it's still work involved in this. I guess I'm curious, as you were moving forward in this process, at some point, did you say, oh, I'm good. I probably don't need counseling anymore. You know, I'm at this place. Or is that something that you actually advise someone against? What's your thoughts around that?
1: Therapy is work like anything else i can parallel it to working out so if you're trying to get your body in shape you know that starting out is rough it's hard your body has to get used to it your body has to memorize what it's doing and how it's doing. Therapy is the same way. Therapy, you know, you start, you know, you have these sessions. The therapists usually tell you like really roughly sometimes how many sessions you would would need or they'll just work with you until you get to a certain point that they feel that you're, you have advanced in a way. Throughout my therapeutic life, I would say that I now can recognize, I can make my own decision as to if I'm at a good place and I don't have to go to therapy once a week. The therapists, a lot of times, will come to the same conclusion. For anybody that's starting out with therapy, you have to go through the process. If, if they're telling you, I need to see you every week, or I need to see you every two weeks, whatever financially, however financially you can work that out, do do that uh, and do be committed to doing that because in the long run I'm going to help you to be able to align yourself With your past, present, and and hopefully your future. If you know you feel that you're at a place and your therapist pretty much will let you know that too. If you're at a place where you feel better, you see and you can feel the growth because of how you're interacting with people or emotionally how you're feeling about something, and that certain triggers are not triggers anymore. You know, you could see that shift, that adjustment, then your therapy sessions with your therapist could be once a month or twice a month or however that works out until it gets to a place where you say like with me I can stop therapy you know for a time and I know when it's time for me to go back to therapy you know when you need to work out right because your body is going to give you signs of that so if you if you've worked out before if you're a previous athlete and you haven't worked out in a long time you know what you need to do to get your body back there and it's the same thing with mental health When you've been in therapy or you decide that you want to do that work, do do it. Do go through the process of doing that work and know that it's going to take time. So be kind to yourself, give yourself some grace and mercy and know that it's not going to be easy. And whatever you, the therapist designs for you to do, do it. You're going to have homework. You're going to have to think, you're going to have to sit, you're going to have to reflect, you're going to have to do all of what's needed so you can figure out what you need to do to get through that. When you've done it for a while, like me, you know when you can sit back and be like, okay, I'm good for right now. I don't have to be in therapy right now. But when it's time and you know that you need to sit down and talk to somebody that's sound and that's professional, then you know to make that phone call and get back and make your appointments. And so that's pretty much what I do. So it's it's situational. and But it's nothing that you have to start consistently first until you get yourself into a healthy space. Till you get to that point, I say be as consistent as the therapist is telling you you need to be. Um, and when you have worked through the hard stuff it's when you figure out, oh, okay, I don't have to be there every week. I can probably step in once a month and just do some checkup points like you do when you see you have a physical every year with the doctor. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's good, Christy. And over the course of this conversation, you've hit on a number of things as it relates to being intentional about your healing. So obviously we spent quite a bit of time talking about the need for counseling on your healing journey. You talked about journaling as well as a way in which to go about it, but I would love to hear about any other steps that someone might consider with the understanding that everyone's healing journey is unique, but are there some other things that you would add to that conversation?
1: You know, it's tailored. It's tailored to you, you have to decide what makes you happy. What do you do or what can you do that makes you happy? Now, I'm not talking about getting a smoke drinking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spending time with yourself to figure out what sends you into this happy space. That might look different for everybody. For me, it's writing. I paint it. I'm not a painter, but I picked up painting during COVID because we were in our house and we were isolated. And I was like, ah, let me do that. And that brought me great joy I love listening to music and so um and these are things that I'm a pity back on a guest that you have but these are things that Erica Kendrick mentioned like it's good to have and and, and she and I like totally agree with this. It's good to have a playlist for your life. Uh, If you love music, what music brings you joy? But not just bring you joy, what music would get you into a place where you can just be satisfied with yourself and you could be at a certain peace with yourself. And so I have literally about 30 different playlists for every different thing uh, that I needed to be in my life. And so if music is your thing, then create a playlist for yourself, your favorite songs of music that you will enjoy that every time you push that play, you'd like, yes, this is it. Yes, oh, I feel so good. So if it's not art, if it's not writing, which I strongly encourage everybody to do, not type it out, not do an audio, but write because there's a process that happens with your brain to the action of writing your thoughts down it's an actual process for that and it's being intentional about how you how you're processing things through so if it's not if it's not music and writing it might be taking a walk It might be doing a routine of something that um, you often don't do, but you miss. And these are free things. This is not something that you need to spend money for. Um, I think being intentional about your healthy space is very tailored to what works for you. Things that work for me might not work for everybody. I could just give you tools as to some things that you kind of might want to investigate. Um, And so if it's not walking, if it's not exercising, and and this is all about spending time with yourself. This is not about spending time with other people. I'll say that again. (laughs) It's not about spending time with others. It's about spending time with yourself. These are things that you can do for yourself that can help you. It might be going out and and eating by yourself. And if you're uncomfortable with that, then at home, fix you something. You know, have a day of the week where you are cooking from a recipe and you set your table and you sit down and you eat to your favorite playlist. Anything that's going to bring you joy, those are tools that you can use, but truly design it to fit how you need it to fit. Some people, it might be meditation. Some people might be prayer. Some people might be, you know, reading their words. Some people might be just reading a book. Uh, Some people, it might be watching a movie that sends them into a relaxed space and they're sitting on their couch or chair and they're just like, having a moment of just rest and not having to really think about much. But in anything that you do, it has to be the question of why. Why does this make me feel good? Why is this something that I like? Intentional practices is answering those questions why. And so I knew why, why journaling is was important to me because I did it all my life and it helped me to express myself in a way that I just can't talk about. My journaling is very free. I don't have to put a period, I don't have to put a, a dash, I don't have to put I just write. Now it might work my nerves sometimes because you know, being in a in a professional world, you just want things to be right. But I've learned that when I'm journaling, I have no rules. And you can answer the question why this is important for me, why I need to do this for myself. That makes it even look even more better. And that's not even two words you put together. In having intentional practices, that means finding something that you enjoy, finding something that you love, spending time with yourself, make it tailor-made for you, be consistent with that. Some people might require it more than others. Some people might require it less than others. And then know that it might change. might want to do one thing for a while and you just might feel bad because you don't feel like doing that no more but guess what it's okay what else do you want to do what else can you do to get yourself into a happy place and a happy space that you are being intentional about it
0: yes thank you for that Christy I love it sure. and as I'm listening to you I'm also thinking about the viewer or listener out there who's like Christy this sounds wonderful but I don't have time. I'm so busy. I'm like CEO of this company. I got this. I got the kids running around the house. It's just too much going on. And what you're talking about sounds work, like work, too much work. What would you say to the person who is thinking that about how to, to navigate all the business of life?
1: I said once a couple of times, it has to be tailor fit for use. I don't believe that you don't have time for yourself. I believe that you've created this world. You've designed yourself to make everything else more important than yourself. It will cause you to do a transformation, a mental transformation, a cognitive switch um, to create new habits for yourself. What we've done in this society, in a Western culture, is We've always put others before ourselves. We always doing things for others before ourselves. We work more than any other nation a day. So we spend more time out than in. Be deliberate about sitting to yourself and saying, how can I etch out time for me? And I do this timeline thing with people. I say, sit, think of your busiest moment of the week. And from the time you wake up to the time you lay down, All within that time span, what are you doing? What breasts do you have? What is happening? And that's really being intentional and being honest about what you're doing. And once you do that, you're going to see Oh, I had time to do that for myself, or I had time here. We don't recognize how much we're on our phones. Our phones is a major, I call it the blue distraction, the blue light, which always sets your 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 mental play off, right? If we recognize how much time we're wasting, then we could fit in time that we need to take care of us. And ask yourself the question: how important am I? How important am I in this mix? And whatever you're doing as it relates to somebody else's job, and I mean, you're working for somebody else, there is somebody else to do it. If you're working so hard that you cannot allow yourself to have a break, to allow yourself to have some mental rest throughout the day, you're doing too much. And you need to stop and say, is this how I want people to see me? When you're working, you're setting your own profile or your own habits and behavior for people to get used to. And so if people are used to you always jumping in and doing stuff and you're doing too much and you're not tailoring your day of your task to do just that and do something else the next day, then you're spending a lot of time on other people. Uh, and so it's being smart and it's being conscious and aware of yourself to say, how important am I? How important am I to my employer? You're important enough as a paycheck and to get things done. How important am I to myself, to my family? How important am I to my husband, to my partner, whatever? How important am I to myself? And if that question cannot be answered fluently, there's some things that need to be thought about. I've worked with people who actually had problems. I was the same person. I was the same person that i did everything for everybody all the time and i had to recognize that if i don't stop physically this is not going to work my body is going to give out my mind is not um, retaining what it needs to be it's not being as sharp as it needs to be because it's it's exhausted and so doing intentional work for yourself is going to be a lot of work because you're not used to doing it but once you regard yourself then you're going to understand that this is something I need to do for me. And if you don't recognize you need to do it for you, then you need to come back to the table to ask yourself, why? Why aren't you important enough? Those are just some things that I, I was. I will speak to the person that feel that they're too busy. Who are you too busy for and why? And so asking those who, why, what, when questions that you learned in junior high, middle school, would add the foundation to how you need to restructure how you've been living and the habits that you've created for yourself for others to see in your life.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. You definitely are speaking to me uh, and you have been speaking to me for years. That's why we're we're friends in terms of reminding me how important it is to invest in yourself. So I hope that whoever needed to hear that heard you loud and clear, Christy. And I would love for you to now talk about what you're doing in terms of Intentionally Me. Tell us more about that and your process and how you walk with people and the work you do.
1: Yeah, Intentionally Me is very simple. It's a very simple concept. I work with people, companies, individuals, professionals to literally deal with or have conversations and work through how to be intentional about what I'm doing. And I know you all are thinking, okay, well that's simple, but trust me, it's not. There's a lot of professionals that I've worked with and teams that I've worked with, companies that I've worked with that are used to doing things just because. Are used to operating just because. And no one sits back to answer the questions, why? how impactful am I? What can I do? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And so I sit and we have conversations and we debunk a lot of those why questions. I listen to how their day go and how their day is structured. And we sit and I look and I ask the questions of, "Hmm, so why do it that way? And a lot of times it's just because of of, it's just out of habit. And so in in talking to companies, I've worked with uh, uh, small businesses as it relates to being aware of diversity, inclusion, and equity. I work with companies as it relates to team building, how they can do what they can do better or how they can do what they could do differently. I work with companies as it relates to how they can. Can maximize their potential. And that's first being aware of your strengths. From your strengths is being aware of what do I do well and what do I do well every day. And then I work with individuals, the individuals that I work with, individual professional women, professional men, it's looking at what they do every day, how they operate every day, how and why do they operate in the way that they do and how we can do that better and what adjustments can we make. So I'm not so much the fixer as I am the one that listens well. And I give back to you what you've given to me. And then we have conversations about what that needs to look like. So intentional practices has a lot to do with what you've been doing, but how you can do those in a healthy way and still be aware of you. So it's all about growth. It's all about practices. It's all about habits changing those challenging bad habits and being able to breathe being able to exhale and being able to say i can do this differently wow so that's intentionally brings those breaths with also being aware of the depths of situations and circumstances people find themselves in and just Don't spend the time to figure out the whys to it.
0: That's great, Christy. I I love what you're doing. And I know there's a lot involved with the process, but I want to keep the end game in mind. If someone were to work with you at the end of that experience, what would success look like for them? What do you ultimately want outside of the obvious for them to be intentional? But what do you hope that they really walk away with?
1: They will walk away feeling like they are empowered to be different do different they would recognize it's more so them than me they would recognize that their practices their behavior has been unhealthy for them but they didn't know that that was being unhealthy and so the experience shows them a different way to operate day by day and they would feel like they got it. They could do it. They can handle it. It's healthy. It's good. It's kind of like drinking that ice cold water in the summertime and it's hot and humid. When, that, when you first drink it, it's like, whew. And that's, that's what they would experience. They would experience this exhalation of, wow, all this time I could have been doing it differently, whatever that might be. So that's what to expect when working with me and and being intentional. It's being aware of something that was always there, but you just didn't know how to get to it. And it took some different types of conversations for that to happen.
0: That's good, Christy. I I definitely encourage people to check you out. Check out your amazing website. My producer and I were just talking about how much we love it. And tell us about the website, where people can find you and stay in touch.
1: Yeah. So if you go to now intentionally a spell with an I, not a Y, Intentionally me.com and it's located right at the bottom of your screen. You can go to that. You can set up an appointment with me, a consultation with me. You can look and peruse and just see what others have thought and said about the work that they've experienced with me, as as well as look at some other things that I do on there. So, yes, please go to check it out.
0: Please do. And uh, don't worry if you don't know how to spell it and you're listening to the podcast, we'll have it in the show notes for you too. (laughs) (laughs) So, we got you covered there. But I do encourage you to connect with Christy. She's amazing. And she will make sure you live an intentional life. And so my last question, Christy, before we go is, uh, obviously, my company, my show is called Faith on the Journey. And I always love to ask us when you hear that, what does that mean to you?
1: That means that you are walking into a safe path, a safe, unexpected path. And that's really it. It's just trusting that journey. And with faith on a journey, you, you can do that because you are equipped to be able to do that. So it's not that you come into that space or come into the learning and the the healing with the questions of is this gonna work? Because it is. It's it's designed to really help individuals, people, teams feel that God is there to bring you through anything and you don't even know what that looks like and so that's where the journey comes in and trusting that journey that the journey is it's well designed uh, and well equipped to to get you into some good spaces
0: amen amen and ashe as we always say (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you so much, sis. And I hope to bring you back on the show sometime in the near future. But you continue to be a blessing to the world.
1: Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to see you and to be (laughs) on here and just to be able to give some information. So thank you all. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, Christy. Thank you. And if you all enjoyed today's broadcast, which I really hope you did, I hope this is not your last time please subscribe to our community by visiting faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. And that way we can be a part of our community, receive our weekly broadcast information along with other resources to support you on your healing journey. Also, please remember, as Christy was discussing earlier, that we have Christian counseling available to you. We have a team that specializes in Bible-based trauma-informed care, and they're also specializing in grief counseling. And this work, as Christy mentioned, has to be intentional. So I hope you take advantage of that resource and look at ways in which you can be intentional about this work. And so please subscribe. Tune in next week. We'll be here same time, same place to support you on your healing journey. And until then, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon.